Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today our topic is going to be Revelation 19. Stan, with all the things going on, why aren't you talking about the things that are going on? Because I know some things that are going on, but I can't talk about them. And so I'm going to, (laughs) we're going to study Bible prophecy because if I were to talk about them, it would get me in trouble. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I made an entire broadcast that was really giving you some good information. And then as soon as I clicked stop, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, don't put a word of it out. (laughs) You know, I felt like saying, well... (laughs) Couldn't you have told me this before I spent 30 minutes recording it and probably another 30 minutes to an hour preparing for the broadcast? But nevertheless, thank you very much. Thank you for not letting me put something out that I shouldn't put out. So we're going to talk about Bible prophecy. Now, I'm going to talk about this is talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm about to read for you the very words that you and I are going to say when we reach the marriage supper of the Lamb. I think it's very encouraging because, you know, that's that's the thing I look forward to. Because at the marriage supper of the Lamb, I'm going to get, along with you, a wedding garment. And four months later, we are also given a white horse to return with Jesus for the return of a member of the armies in heaven. We'll, we'll get to that. And that's at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's where Jesus is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's where he changes from being the prince, I mean an uncrowned king, the prince of the kings of the earth, to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the event where he changes from being the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came with the clouds of heaven, that's when he returns for Armageddon at the uh, the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, so he's seeing him there. Again, I talk about that in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. This is him coming to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, means that his laws are followed, he's in charge. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. That is the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what we're about to read about. But it doesn't start there. Revelation 19 actually is concluding Revelation 18. Now, I'm not going to go through Revelation 18. I already covered that. But Revelation 18 is talking specifically about the fall of America. In the School of the Watchmen, I reveal some new things about my charts, which, by the way, I guess I should talk about the charts. Several people after the School of the Watchmen asked me to make versions of my charts available, the new updated charts, which I have updated, and I've sent the changes over to my daughter, the gee whiz, amazing, genius uh, graphic artist, but she has not made those changes yet, and I've asked her several times to get to it, but she's very, very busy, but anyway, once those changes are made, then I'm going to be offering the charts with all the new updated changes, and at the School of the Watchmen, I revealed that probably, hear that word probably, probably the fall of America is just on or about or prior to the 
Pentecost, which is when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so this is actually concluding Revelation 18, these next few verses. Then it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, so let's get started. Revelation 19, 1. And after these things, now this is talking about the fall of America, which probably, again, I said probably, probably is on about or around or just prior to the, the arrival of our rival going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And those that get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, perhaps we'll look that verse up and read that too. But th- those that are ready went in. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, this is us, okay? This is us at the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the first words you and I will see. When we first see Jesus, this is what we're going to be saying. Hallelujah. Now, in the King James, it starts with an A, but the original Hebrew word starts with a chet, and you pronounce it like that, okay? So it's really pronounced hallelujah, okay? I'm not that good with Hebrew, but that's correct. Hallelujah. Salvation. Glory, honor, and power to the Lord our God. Those words are the first words we're going to say when we finally see Jesus. This is us at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is us in our wedding garment. And by the way, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's all we get. We do not get our rewards there. We do not get our uh, glorified body yet. That all comes at the same moment on the Feast of Trumpets about four months later. So for the next four months, Jesus comes forth and he serves us. That was the whole point of him washing the disciples' feet. Remember, Peter says, no, 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 I'm not gonna, you, you can't wash my feet. Uh, I, I'm not good enough for you to wash. He, Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me, meaning In the kingdom of God, that's what we do. We humble ourselves to our other brothers and sisters, and we serve them. And this is the ultimate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, coming forth and serving us at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So these are the words. When we first see Jesus, I'm not talking about in the air. I'm talking about four months before Armageddon. I'm talking about four months before the return of Jesus on the Feast of Trumpets. This is those that are ready went to the marriage supper. Hallelujah. Salvation, glory, honor, and power to the Lord our God, for two and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore, meaning he just destroyed America. Now again, there's two destructions. The first destruction is the Russian attack because of the sins in the church. The second destruction is on the Feast of Trumpets. That has, that's Jesus returning with us. And I believe, again, this is what I believe, is what I think. I prayed a lot of times I can't get God to confirm it. He holds lots of secrets very close to him. So see, I can't get a confirmation on this. But from everything I've studied, it appears to be this way. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he has judged the great whore, meaning that on about or around when the Russians attack, this is what I want to believe. Again, I can't get a confirmation on it, so it may be incorrect, and I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> Based upon new information, I reserve the right to change my mind. Okay, so again, up to this point, this is the way I see it. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he has judged the great whore, which did, that's America, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and had avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Means. God destroyed, this is the destruction because of sins in the church. 
Okay, so which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, okay, and had avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. So this is part of the avenging. See, the, the first one was for sins in the church. The second destruction is because of the blood shed by the, of the Christians, the Christian blood shed. Verse 3, and again they said, this is us speaking again, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever, meaning that my guess is that when the Russian bombs hit America, they set off the crude oil uh, pumping stations, all of the crude oil, the underground crude oil, like, uh, it, and so consequently it burns forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Okay, it, it never goes out. That's what the Bible says. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. So this is a picture of us being in the throne room. And in the throne room, we see the four beasts, we see the four and twenty elders, and we are saying, Alleluia, salvation, glory, honor, power to the Lord our God. We are at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Verse 6. And I heard, as it were, though I guess I should say, I know we have some new listeners, and you may be saying, well, who are you, and why should I listen to you? Why should I believe you know Revelation any more than anybody else? I mean, my pastor teaches this. This is not what he says. I've heard all kinds of people say, so why do I believe you? Okay, well, that's a fair question. Now, I would love to have an introducer telling all about me, but I don't have that. So if you're going to know this, it has to be me that tells you. So sorry, I have to introduce myself, but that's the way it is. So what happened was, in 2017, God impressed in my heart to memorize the book of Revelation. Now, frankly, I didn't even think I'd be able to do it. Matter of fact, I didn't even start with Revelation 1-1. First seven seven verses looked too complicated to me, so I started verse 8. Then after I got to the end of the chapter, then I came back and memorized the first seven verses too. And I eventually memorized the whole book. Now, I didn't think anything special was going to happen. I just thought I was getting myself into a lot of work. But something special did happen. I got 30 verses, excuse me, 30 revelations. In other words, just information, just wisdom just jumped into my brain, and I saw things I'd never seen. Even though I've been teaching prophecy 40 years, I saw things I'd never seen before. 30 revelations, I got two visions, and an audible voice. The audible voice said, the seven seals play over seven years, the seven trumpets play over seven months, and the seven vials play over seven days, which was huge to be able to put the events of Revelation in proper order. Okay, now let's go back to verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. That's us. And the voice of many waters, as the voice of many mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now that word omnipotent is important because it's saying here he has been crowned. Omnipotent. In other words, at this point, when he goes to the marriage supper of the Lamb, he is now crowned. He is the Lord omnipotent, reigns. Jesus Christ now reigns because this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. He hasn't actually been crowned yet. We're going to get to that. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, that's us, has made herself ready. Remember what the parable says those that are ready went in it uses the same word that's why you use king james okay and to her was granted that she be she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints now the way we say that for it is the righteous works of the saints henry gruber when he was in heaven 
he said that he saw people wearing these glistening uh, garments. And he said they glowed. And he said the, the garment was alive. And as you got close to the person, the garment began to speak about the righteous works of that person. That person never had to introduce themselves. No one in heaven ever has to introduce themselves. The garments we wear introduce ourselves as we get close to people. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, meaning this is not an angel. This is one that was once alive, like us, that served Jesus, but is now in the form of an angel, whatever that position might be, and is now speaking to John. So when he says, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that had the testimony of Jesus, means he was not originally formed an angel. He's one like us. He accepted Jesus, and he's now in heaven, and he is now showing these things to John. See that, do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which is where we get the name of our church, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Because when we say spirit of prophecy, we are saying Jesus. Verse 11. Now, now we jump four months later. There's four months between verse 10 and verse 11. See, because the first 10 verses of Revelation 19, that's the marriage supper of the Lamb. But now we're about to jump to Armageddon. We're jumping four months later, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, after we have seen him crowned King of kings and Lord of lords, changed from being the Lamb of God to the line of the tribe of Judah. We have received not only our wedding garments, but now at this time we are also given a white horse to return with Jesus. Now let me tell you what it's about to say. It's about to say that Jesus returns and he will use the morning star, which is like a laser, a light beam out of his mouth to burn the tares. And that's also where we get our glorified bodies. And with him, it's also about to say that there's going to be two other angels that return with him with sharp sickles. So Jesus does the burning of the tares. The two angels with the sharp sickles slash the grapes, which is where the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Okay, verse 11. And I saw, by the way, this is what it's like when you come to the school of the watchman, which, by the way, is already the entire thing. Not only audio, but video also. It's already up on watchprophecyclub.com. So if you remember that, 20 bucks a month, $200 a year, you can go up there and watch it. And it's like 15 hours where I go through the book of Revelation, save the first, I think it's the first four chapters we didn't go through. And I saw heaven opened. Okay, now, unless you understand what that's saying, you can't appreciate that. That is eternity entering into time. It's going to be like a split. Try to imagine a zipper right in heaven. So when it says, I saw heaven opened, that's where eternity, which is darkness, enters into time. And when that happens, that's when the heaven rolls back like a scroll. And darkness, several places, you go back in the days of Moses, and when Jesus appeared, or when the former father of God then, many times it, he spoke to them out of the darkness. So, yes, I know he's light. I understand that. But if you go back and read it, you'll see that it's talking about 
eternity is darkness. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, the first few verses. It's talking about before he moved upon the face of the waters, the, it, the earth was void and without form, and there was darkness. Okay, So darkness is eternity. So when it says, I saw heaven opened, it's not Jesus coming from some faraway planet heaven someplace. He literally just splits time with eternity. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is Jesus returning as the righteous judge. That's what it says. In righteousness he doth judge. The righteous judge, and he is making war. He is not returning as the lamb. He's returning as the king. He's not returning to save. He's returning to destroy the evil from the earth at this point. Now, it's about to talk about his power. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. See, he just got crowned, okay? And he had his name written, which no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. What blood would that be dipped in? Uh, that would be the blood that was shed upon the cross 2,000 years before. You remember when Mary Magdalene went to the, the tomb the next morning, and she thought she was talking to a gardener, and she said, Sir, where have you moved his body? And he simply turned and said, Mary. And she said, Rabboni. See, then she recognized that this was Jesus the Christ, you see. Then he said, no, 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 don't touch me. I have not yet ascended my father. Why is that important? Because just a few days later, he told Thomas, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead and feel the nail scars. Feel where they run the sword in my side. He told him to feel it. Yet here he says to Mary, no, 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 don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father. Why? Because it was important that he go up to the Ark of the Covenant, the original one that is in the temple of heaven, and to put his sacrifice blood on that Ark of the Covenant to fulfill all of the Levitical covenants concerning sacrifice. And I believe he also dripped his blood upon his wedding garment that would be used some 2,000 years later. And his wedding garment was dipped in his own sacrifice blood. And that's the reason he's, he's bringing that sacrifice blood. He's bringing his sword to destroy those people that would not accept him. And he was clothed in a vesture, or in other words, a, a clothing, a, cloth, a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies, this is us, not just us, but all of the angels too, and the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now, here's the morning star. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with a the rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. Now, a lot was said there. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. That's the morning star. That's the same thing that the two witnesses has. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of his mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So it's the morning star. It's the same thing. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. And he should rule them with the rod of iron. There's that rod of iron. We'll talk about that and say, Who ruled them with the rod of iron? And as the vessels of a potter, they should be broken to shivers. Shivers is ashes. 
broken to shivers, even as I received it of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. Meaning, those people, that's us, that keep his works all the way to the end, the overcomers get the morning star. Now, what do we do with the morning star? Well, for all eternity, we will shine, Daniel 12, 4, uh, those that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So as we get the morning star, we get more glow because we got one of the highest crowns. Okay, the, the, the glow is part of the difference. The amount of glow that you have is the difference in part of your rewards. Upon Jesus returns on the Feast of Trumpets, there are three groups of people. Those people whose names are in the Book of Life, that's us. Those people whose names are not in the Book of Life, those people that are the tares and the grapes. And the third group of those people is those people and we're we're not going we're including the mark of the beast people whose name is not in the book of life okay and then the third group of people those people that did not take the mark of the beast but they didn't receive Jesus either they are according to Leviticus 23 the corners not harvested so there's a group of people that never receive eternal life but they're told upon the feast of trumpets this is Armageddon that if you sin we're going to let you live for another thousand years. But if you sin, you will be destroyed immediately, both body and soul. And that's the Morning Star judges. And anyone that sins, all of a sudden, a Morning Star judge shows up at the speed of thought, and they hit them with a the Morning Star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying them immediately. In other words, one sin. See, that's why he says he rules them with a rod of iron. One sin and they're not toast, <laughs> they are ashes and bones. Now let me go back to it. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that's the morning star, that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with the rod of iron, means you break one law and you are ashes. And he treadeth the winepress, and what's the winepress? See, the winepress, that's not the tares. You don't find wheat and tares growing in a vineyard. And you don't find grapes growing among the wheat. The tares grow among the wheat. They look like the wheat. They act like the wheat. They sound like the wheat. They sit in the pews next to the wheat. But in the time of the harvest, they stand up straight with no fruit, and they're easy to spot. Whereas the wheat actually has fruit, so it bends over. It is heavy. So that's the first thing the farmer does is go in, and he removes all of the tares. Remember Matthew thirteen thirty. Gather you first the tares, bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire. That's the morning star. Then gather my wheat into the barn. The barn is the new Jerusalem that comes down 15 days later. See, again, all of this is in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Again, all of these 30 revelations, two visions, audible voice, it's all in there. Prophecyclub.com. Go and get the book. I think, I think... I think it is probably the number one prophecy book on the planet today outside of the Bible. Why? Because I don't think these revelations had ever been given to anyone else. And I don't think I'm great. I don't think I'm special. I think you are. I think it was given to you because you are about to be a tribulation saint and you have a need to know. You need to know and understand the last days. You have a need. I mean, you're about to live in it, okay? So you need to know, and that's why God has sent it. It's not because I'm great. It's because he's about to do something great with you. 
you are the point to fill his kingdom. He treadeth the winepress, meaning that the two angels that appear with Jesus on the Feast of Trumpets for Armageddon, they have the two sharp sickles, and the winepress are those people that aren't even close to the terrors. They are like a grape nation, for example, might be, say, Singapore or maybe China. There, there are very, very few Christians in those nations. So they are mostly a grape nation, whereas America, well, we are a wheat nation. Unfortunately, right now we have a whole lot of tares. But you see, there's a difference between it. So when he says, he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, he's saying that not only is going to destroy the tares, he's also going to destroy the grapes. Only the wheat is left. Gather the wheat into the barn. Verse 16. And he hath on his vesture, that's on the garment he's wearing, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried, here's Armageddon, this is a picture of Armageddon. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sat on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast. Now this is again Armageddon. I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth and armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse. That's Jesus. And against his army. By the way, we are guests. We do not fight. Maybe the other angels fight, but we are his bride. His bride does not fight. He is fighting for his bride. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet which wrought miracles before them with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image. Now, this is important. These both were cast alive. They were not dead, because their soul doesn't die. They don't get soul death. These both were cast alive in the lake of burning fire, a lake burning for fire and brimstone. And they are tormented with those people that take the, the mark of the beast for all eternity, day and night, the scripture says, with no hope of escape. And the remnant were slain. Here it is, here it is. This is the morning star. The remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Here's what that looks like. Jesus returns. He returns in eternity. He splits time wide open. The heavens roll back like a scroll. He goes, <laughs> he blows that glory down. It hits the tears. Hits everything, goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundation of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down a steep place. As that morning star hits the tear, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. As it hits us, whose people, dead or alive, whose names are in the book of life, out of a belly flows rivers of living water. Just that quick, we have a glorified body in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And the other two angels with sickles slash all the grapes, which is the reason the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. All of that happens in less than 24 hours. In the evening they are, Isaiah seventeen fourteen, and the morning they are not. Just that quick. And we get all our rewards, our mantles, our garments, everything, 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 all happens in that moment. 
This is Prophet Leslie Johnson calling everyone to come to the solemn September assembly, September 6 to 8. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com. I'm calling you. I'm calling you from the north, south, east, and west. I'm calling all the intercessors. I'm calling all the prayer warriors. I'm saying, come forth. Come forth and unite as one in one accord. Come forth. Come forth and lock arms. Lock arms and be united. I'm calling you in. I'm calling forth the finances to the Lord to the people. I'm calling it forth to them right now in Jesus' name that it would fall from the heavens and fall in their laps. And they say, this is a gift from you I was not expecting. I am here. I am here. I'm calling you forth right now in the name of Jesus. September 6th, 7th, and 8th to unite with us in the name of Jesus. There's more authority when those that are like-minded get together and lock those arms. That locks those arms and say, you enemy, you will not get past. You will not win. We declare in the name of Jesus. All of us prayer warriors in the name of Jesus, we declare right now you lose. You lose, devil. You lose. Jesus wins. As a prophet of God, I call you in. I call you in. Make a way. Make a way. He will make a way. There seems no way. He will make a way. I know some of you are saying I have to work. But God will make a way. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. September 6 to 8. Watchmanstrumpet.com to get signed up. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k. So tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you.